which call as they search for eternal light yet they find darkness covers all little children searching every day untold millions seek to find a way you can tell Take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 8, if you would please. Luke chapter 8. Going to begin reading at verse 26, and I'm going to read down through verse 40. Luke chapter 8, verse 26. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. Gadarenes was... Another name for it, Matthew uses the word Gergesenes, Gerges, I guess Gergesenes, 
Anyway, it's the southeastern side of the Sea of Galilee. That's where this is. So we arrive at the city country. It's an area. It's not a city. Country. Of the Gadarenes, over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time, and wear no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice says, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he brake the bands and was driven of the devils into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion. Because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there an herd of many swine feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them. And he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They also which saw it told them by what means he was possessed of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house, and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way, and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. So, titled this, Demons are subject to Jesus Christ. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege is ours to look into your precious word this morning. And I pray, Father, look into the word of God today that we would be encouraged and challenged and convicted where conviction is needed. Lord, help us to rejoice in our Lord Jesus Christ who conquered death, hell, and the grave and has all power. And Father, that has power to deliver us from the very place, presence, and even the powers of hell. So Lord, just pray you'd speak to our hearts, challenge us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's much discussion in, quote, Christendom about the power and influence and quote, invasion of demons in the lives of Christians. And I use that word invasion on purpose. Um, a lot of books have been written by uh, uh, some, some theologians about, you know, they would say that, you know, God cannot possess a child of God, or the devil cannot possess a child of God, but they can invade. Well, if you invade something, you control it. It's all a matter of semantics there, you know. But anyway, so there's, so there's a lot of stuff been written about the, this, this topic. Much of it, I'm afraid, is victim theology. 
By that I mean that they blame the choices that people make following the lusts of their flesh on a demon. Now, the Bible clearly says that we are tempted of our own lusts. It's our flesh. You know, demons do have power, and we'll see that. And demons can control people, and we'll see that. But they can't control a child of God. So much of this is victim theology, and it's, and it's not just not scripturally based. Now, the Bible does tell us that I believe in the last days there will be an increase, is an increase, I should say, in demonic activity. Uh, however, saved people are not under the power or control of demons. So I have, uh, I guess, four things here I want to look at this morning. First of all, demons can have power to affect men. Notice verse 29 again, it says, For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound in chains and in fetters, and he broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. So here was a man who's being controlled by these demons. He's being controlled by it. You know, we, there, are, there are examples in the scripture about how demons even make one mute. Matthew 9.33 says that, And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying it was never so seen in Israel. Of course, you hear in other places, and here, again, you have an example of where a demon speaks through a man. Uh, you notice in verse 28 again, it says, And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice saying, This isn't the man, this is a demon talking. What have I to do with thee? Jesus, thou son of God most high, I beseech thee, torment me not. So this demon was, he, he knew who Jesus was, and he was, he's pleading with Jesus not to torment him. Uh, really, uh, uh, verse uh, 31 talks about he, that he besought him that he would not command them to guide in the deep. In other words, he, he was, the demons were pleading, don't cast us into the bottomless pit where they'd be bound. So here this demon is talking, and of course, it, it, you know, it, so it was speaking to this man, and of course it controlled him, you know, it caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and fetters, and he'd break these bands, and, and, and it would drive him into the wilderness and into the tombs. So, so many times men can be controlled by demons, they, and, and by demons they also sometimes have supernatural strength. He's bound with fetters and chains. Here in verse 28 tells us. And he break them and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. Some, get, some have, and I say sometimes, have supernatural knowledge. Think about it. Notice what he says. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? How many people knew that at this point in Jesus' ministry I don't know if any you know I don't think that Jesus quite at this point has really de declared himself to be the Messiah he does you know and, and later on and uh, Peter will give testimony the disciples will give testimony back. but at this point you know this was not known but the demons knew it 
They knew who he was. They had always knew who he was. They had, they, had, they had some supernatural knowledge. You know, the devil has some knowledge. But he doesn't have all knowledge. You know, I've, I've never studied this subject. I don't care to. <laughs> Too much. You know, I've heard of people that get really into demonology and all this stuff, and then they get messed up with it, you know. I don't care to go there. But, you know, some people get caught up with all the power that the devil has, you know, and, and, you know, and they talk about Ouija boards and, and different things that, you know, and, and that, or foretelling the future. And I ask this question, why would I want to follow somebody that has some knowledge and not somebody that has all knowledge? I mean, you know, I've heard of different things that people have said that, you know, that they've done through the powers of darkness, but, my God spoke and the world came into being. How does that compare? It doesn't. My God walked around in a burning furnace with three other men and the fire did not hurt them. Neither was their hair singed. How's that compare? So they do have, you know, they do have some supernatural, but they are not omniscient. You know, Jesus said in John 2.24, the Bible says that Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. John 13.1, the Bible says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. He, he now knew, he knew that now was the time now was the time that he was going to be arrested. You know, they had tried before. They had tried at one point to throw him down off a hill headlong, and he just, passing through the midst of them, went on by. Why? Because it wasn't his time. But now he says he knew it was his time. He knew who would betray him. John 13, 11, For he knew who should betray him, therefore said he, you're not all clean. And of course, you know, the Bible also tells us that he chosen 12 and one of you is a devil. He knew. See, he knows all things. But even demons have some supernatural knowledge. Third thing about demons having effect on men, people that are affected by demons often have a characteristic by, with suicidal tendencies or a fascination with violence and death. Go to Mark, in, Mark, in fact, in Mark chapter 5, verse 5, it says, And always night and day, speaking of this same account, always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. And this man was, it says he, 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 he uh, lived in the tombs. That's where he lived. A fascination with death. Violence, cutting himself. Yeah, this really isn't new. Remember the Baal worshippers? What they do? They cut themselves. They cut themselves. Um, you know, many false religions uh, are involved in you know cutting themselves, and and sometimes even even uh, human sacrifices. You know, Manasseh. The Bible says of Manasseh in Second Kings twenty one six that he made his son to pass through the fire. And, and, and observed times and used enchantments. What's that? That's seeking familiar and you know and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards. It's witchcraft. It's devil worship. 
And it says he wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. In Mark, Matthew nine or Mark, I'm sorry, Mark nine twenty two, uh, there was a the boy brought to Jesus, and and the Bible says that oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. That was the parents. So this is this is these are things that are prevalent where there's demonic activity. It's, it's a fascination with death, violence. Our society is full of that kind of stuff. You know, see ads on the internet time sometimes for I think it's called Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead, hideous looking creatures. Well, they're supposed to be people. Kind of reminds me of demons described coming out of the bottomless pit in Revelation chapter nine. You know, t- Paul tells us in First Timothy four one. Now the Spirit. Ex- Speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Revelation 9.21, of course, this is during the tribulation, but, but it says this, Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor their fornication, nor their thefts. The word sorcery there is the Greek word pharmakia. What's that sound like? Yeah. Pharmakia. It's translated twice, sorcery, and once, witchcraft. Galatians 5.20 translates the word, the Greek word in English, witchcraft, where it says, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. And then Revelation 18.23, speaking about the great whore, it says, And the light of the candle shall shine no more at all in thee. The voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth, for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. Sorceries. And the word sorcery, that word pharmakia means to use or administering drugs and also refers to magical arts. And I think it can be easily proven that those two things go together. Usually where there's one, there is the other. There is the other. So demons can control and have great effect upon men. But I want you to notice the second thing. The demons or the devils, devil, are subject to Christ's authority. Notice verse 28 again, it says, And when Jesus, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of, the, of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he brake the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness." So these, these, these demons, back there, there's more than one. Uh, Jesus asked him, you know, in verse, what is it, verse 30, what his name was, and he said legion because many demons were entered into this man. This man was heavily possessed. So there were many here. But these demons immediately recognize and submit to Christ's authority. He, he fell down before him. 
That's an act of worship. You see, demons and the devil are created beings. They're created. They're not equal with God. In Ezekiel 28, 13, and verse 15, it says, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. And the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Speaking there is specifically by the devil. And he says, Thou wast created. Again in verse 15. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. So the devil was is a created being. And it's believed that you know, the devil, of course, we know the devil led a rebellion against God. He said, I will be, you know, Isaiah tells us that he said, I will be like the most high God, and therefore he was cast down. And it's believed that he drew a third part of the angels with him. And we get that Revelation 12, 4, it says, and his tail, and it's talking here about the dragon, or, or the devil, that, if you read that entire passage, the tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast him to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman, which I believe would be Israel, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child, which would have been Jesus, as soon as it was born. You know, as soon as Jesus was born, there were, there were, there were death threats everywhere. Jude tells us in Jude 1.6 that the angels kept not their first estate. And that, that first estate there means their beginning or their origin. They left their own habitation he hath reserved an everlasting change under darkness under the judgment of the great day. And in verse 13 it says, he describes apostates as raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame, wandering stars. So when the devil drew a third part of the stars, he drew a third part of the angels with him. And they're what we know as demons. But they are. They are created beings. They are inferior to the Son of God and are subject to His power. You know, Philippians 2.10 says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. Now, in the King James Bible, the word things is in italics. That means it was added by the translators to make a complete sentence or to make sense in English. It was not there in the Greek. So if, even to me, it's even more plain if you take out the word things so that every knee should bow, whether it's in heaven, whether it's in earth, or whether it's under the earth. What's under the earth? It's referring to the demons. They're going to bow. And here we have one bowing. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews 1 makes this very clear that... They are created beings, and they are inferior to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 1, verse 3. Who being, speaking of Christ, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, uh, he is the substance of, of, of God, you might say, in person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down in the right hand of the majesty on high, 
being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they, for under which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. Again, he bringeth in, uh, in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he saith, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But unto the Son, he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou, Lord, in the beginning hast laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the works of thine hands. They, all, they shall perish, but thou remainest. They all shall wax old as doth a garment. And as a vesture shalt thou fold them up, and they shall be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years shall not fail. But to which of the angels, said he at any time, sit in my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? You see, so you know, he, he's comparing Lord Jesus Christ here to the angels, and he's saying, you know, you know, this is what Jesus is. And then, did he ever say this to the angels? No. Did he ever say, thy throne is forever and ever, and a scepter is the king right? No. No, they're just, they're ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. That's us. You see, they are inferior to the Son of God. They are created beings. And Jesus has complete control over them. You, you notice here, they are begging him not to send them to the bottomless pit. Verse 28, verse, end of the verse says, I beseech thee, torment me not. And then verse 31, And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. You know, he could send them wherever he wanted. They were at his mercy and he could do with them as he will you know revelation 12 12 says this therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea for the devil has come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time of course, that's in, talking about it in the tribulation period. The devil knows his time's short. He has some foreknowledge. But he knows that eventually the Lord Jesus Christ is going to reign. And he is going to be cast. In fact, go to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation 20, verse 1 says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loose a little season. So, so for a thousand years, the, the Lord's going to bind him and cast him into the, in the, the bottomless pit for a thousand years. He's going to be bound there. Then he's going to be loosed after the millennium to give men a choice. There were people born during the millennium reign of Christ. And God's going to let Satan loose to give them a choice. But at the end of that, again, verse 7, When a thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations 
which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. You know, th- this, is, this, is, this is free. This is added. Uh, but, but, you know, think of it. You know, man always uses the excuse, well, I couldn't help myself. Here they are. They're giving them a, a thousand years of, of a kingdom where there's, the righteousness reigns. The curse is lifted. Ideal circumstances to live in. They can't blame it on their community. They can't blame it on their neighbors. They can't blame it on anyone. But guess what they do? A multitude will still choose to follow the devil. And they're going to try and take war against God and overthrow him. But verse 10 tells us, And the devil that deceived them was cast in the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever. You see, they are subject to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice the third thing. The Lord, of course, by his Holy Spirit indwells us, and demons cannot possess or invade or dwell in the same person. Again, notice verse 28. It says, when he saw, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and with a loud voice said, what have I to do with thee? I want you to think about those words. What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God most high? See, I'm telling you, friend, when Jesus comes in, demons go out. Where Jesus is, demons are not. And if the Holy Spirit indwells a, a person, demons are not indwelling. They're not invading. In John 14, verse 30, Jesus said this, uh, The prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. Now that little phrase, nothing in me or in me, has the idea of nothing within the limits of my space. There is nothing that these that that that, that God by you know through, by the Lord Jesus Christ or by His Holy Spirit that that they can dwell together or be in the same space together. First John 4, 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them. It's talking about false spirits. Because greater is he that is you than is he that is in the world. First John 5, 18. We know that whatsoever is born of God sinneth not, because that he, he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And verse 19 says, we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And the idea there is the world is sitting comfortably in Satan's lap. They're comfortable there. So demons cannot indwell a child of God or possess a child of God. And we can overcome 
the devil or demonic power by submitting to or believing the word of God. You know, 2 Corinthians 4, verses 3 and 4, the Bible says, But if our gospel will be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not. Now, believe not is a choice. It's a choice. When the children of Israel come out of Egypt, they chose not, Many of them chose not to take God at his word. They chose not. And, and the Bible says that, 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 uh, that, it was not, that, uh, that it was not mixed with faith. In other words, they didn't believe God. It's a choice. So the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now go to 1 Peter chapter 5 for a minute, if you would, please. 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5 in verse 8, where it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, yes, he is our enemy. We do have an enemy. The devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist. How do we resist him? steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So, so in the context of here, in the context, we're talking about suffering. Notice, notice if you read on where it says, but the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. Chapter 4 talks about suffering. Chapter 3, the end of that is talking about suffering. So it's talking about the afflictions that we face in life. And many times it's during these afflictions and trials and hardships of life that we begin to doubt and question and wonder. Is God really for us? What is that? That's choosing not to believe what God has said in his word. We've all been there, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a matter of we, we, we get discouraged and sometimes we think, well, you know, does God really love us? Is his way best? Does he really have all wisdom? Why don't I understand this? You know, understanding really comes with obedience. You know, we tell our children when they're little, you know, that you might have a, something that's hot, and if they're two years old, they don't understand what hot is. You just tell them, don't touch. And you expect them to obey you. Now they find out if they disobey. But they don't understand why something gets hot at that age. And many times, we don't understand what God's doing. His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are above our thoughts. But, but we just need to obey, obey Him. And many times, He will then show us later. Sometimes we learn later on why. But we not, may not always know. But we need to be like Job. who Job, you know, Job said... 
You know, we need to be steadfast in faith, just like Job. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. So we can get to thinking or deceived into thinking that we can't have victory. I'm of no value. No one cares for me. Do you ever have yourself pity party? You know, an Elijah pity party? I'm the only one left. And they're trying to take my life too. But I remind you, verse 7 says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. In Luke 12, 6 and 7, the Bible says, Are not five sparrows sold for two farthings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Jesus told his disciples in Mark eleven twenty two, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. You know, and faith, what faith really is, is doubt conquered. 1 John 5, 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So have faith in God. Sometimes some people doubt whether God can save them. Don't believe the devil's lie and go to hell. You see, it, it, it is a choice to believe and allow the God of this world to blind your eyes. That brings people to that conclusion. Yeah, Jesus said in John six thirty seven, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Matthew eleven twenty eight, Come unto me all ye that labor. Are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Romans 10, 13. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are not to believe the devil's lie that well, I can't be saved. There's no such thing as too great a sinner to be saved. There's no such thing as a besetting sin that God can't give us victory over. We just need to believe him. But I want you to notice a fourth thing. A changed life, not miracles, is the witness God uses to reach men. And we can see that from this text. A changed life, or the witness of a man, a changed life, a testimony, is what God uses to reach men and not miracles. Notice in Luke chapter 8, verse 34, when they that were fed, or that fed them, that is the swine, saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were in fright. You know, here, here they, they come out, and here's this demoniac who, who before is running through the tombs, and he's like a wild man, he wears no clothes. You know, he, he can't be bound. He cuts himself. You know, uh, Mark tells us in his account that he cut himself with stones. So, you know, these are the, 
characteristic that he's he, he's erotic in his behavior. He, you know, he's bipolar and all those you know things that people use today. And, and you know, and, and he's just a wild man. And all of a sudden, he's he's just sitting, relaxed, content, sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening. And he's clothed. And he's got a right frame of mind. That's unbelievable. But notice their reaction. They're all scared. They're scared. They scared the daylights out of them. You know, to me, this is kind of amazing. But maybe I would react to similar. I don't know. If I saw something such, such strange as this. And in verse 36 says, They also which saw it told them by what means that he was possessed of the devils was healed. Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them. For they were taken with great fear, and he went up into the ship and returned back again. So, so their response is, they, they say, just, just, just leave. Get out of here. And of course, the man wants to go with Jesus. And Jesus said, no, return to your house. Verse 20, 39, return to thine own house, show how great things God hath done to thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done for him. And it came to pass that when Jesus returned, the people gladly received him. For they're all waiting for him. You see, it wasn't the miracle. It wasn't the miracle of the demons being cast out and, the, and, the, and the, 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 the wild man being healed and being made right that brought these people to see their need and receive Christ. It was his witness. His changed life. You know, if you're looking for some sign, some feeling, something beyond the witness you have received from the scriptures by a person, you'll be lost. See, God has chosen to use men to witness of the gospel. Remember the, the account in Luke 16 of the rich man Lazarus. And, of course, the rich man wanted a miracle. He wanted Lazarus to rise from dead and go back to his brothers. He wanted them to see a miracle. And if they would see somebody rise from dead, they would believe. And Abraham said, no, they won't. If they will not hear the law, Moses and the prophets, Neither will they believe the one rose from the dead. In other words, if they won't hear the prophets preaching and proclaiming the law of God and of the prophets of the word of God, they won't believe whether they see a miracle. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. We have examples of this in the Bible, of this truth. Hebrews 11, verse 7. It says, By, no, by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, 
by the which he condemned the world and became the heir, became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Now, what did Noah do? What did Noah do? Noah not only preached, judgment is coming, it's going to rain. God's going to destroy this world, this earth, by a flood, and you need to repent. <coughs> but his life demonstrated it. They had a, a living, daily demonstration that Noah believed judgment was coming, that God told him judgment was coming. He kept building the ark. And what was he doing while he's building? What was he doing? What was he really saying? He was condemning them or telling them, you're wrong. God's going to destroy this world. See, his life demonstrated what he preached. Judgment is coming. Turn from your sin and repent. And you know, Hebrews 11 really is a great cloud of witnesses telling us judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Are you ready? Are you believing God? Are you saved? Again, it's a matter of choices. Proverbs one twenty four says, I have called and you have what? Refused. That was choice. See, God has given us, through his word, through his son, victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. We can be victorious if we will simply believe his word. As that Chronicles tells us to um, believe his word, believe his prophets, so shall you be established. I think it's, I think it's uh, 1 Chronicles 16, 20 or something like that. So, so we can be victorious. Satan cannot have victory over us if we will just simply submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from us. Do you have victory this morning? You can have. You can have. It's by being submissive and obedient to our Lord, who has power or all demons.